Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and I'm happy to be back. Thank you to one Jake Christie for holding down last week with What If, with Hunter Radici as well. Appreciate you, good gentlemen. And yes, the super producer is actually here the first time I'm with him this year in 2024. Jake, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well. You called me the super producer, so I had to break out the, uh, not the plaque, but um, I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm glad you're feeling better. Uh, it's unfortunate you weren't here for What If, but... Hunter came through after a long shift at work, so I shout him out again. But yeah, happy to be talking to you in 2024. Yes, and what we are talking about this evening is the Disney Plus series Echo. Episodes one through three, very excited to talk about it. We do have some guests with us, some special guests. First, friend of the show, back for the first time in 2024, Rod Morrow, a.k.a. the black guy who tips. Rod, how you doing, bro? Yo, what up, family? I'm doing great, man. Glad y'all asked me to do this. Wonderful, wonderful. And we have a first-time guest on the pod. I just told him, I just finished telling him telling him in our Discord, we have a channel called Twitter Tomfoolery, and he is the subject of a lot of the tomfoolery in the tweets. His name is Teach. Uh, will he have us in hell tonight? I have no idea. But Teach, welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, first of all, uh, thank y'all for having me. And I uh, always, always, always looking for an opportunity to talk more MCU. So I'm very excited for the call. And I'm ha- happy the call didn't come for the only thing I haven't watched, which was uh, What If Season 2. I haven't watched that yet. So That's fine. You I can have, take it or leave it. I have tapped into Echo, so I'm ready. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's excellent. And yes, Echo, Alakwa Cox, Maya Lopez, picking up after the events of Hawkeye which episode one kind of visits in great detail, the the end of her story there and kind of picks up there. Teach, since this is your first time on the show, I'd like to ask you first, just give us your general overlay of what you saw in the first three. We'll, we'll break down the episode, at each episode as we go along here, but I wanted to give just your general feel for tone and everything that came into your watching experience. Let me start with love. Let me start with the positives. Uh, as as people could probably tell from the trailer, and as I definitely pick up from the trailer, the fight scenes are pretty cool. Uh, you know, they're, they're filming them. You could you could obviously tell that they they watched a lot of what happened with uh, Daredevil, and they're kind of filming those fight scenes in a similar way. They're even playing with the sound because this particular character happens to be deaf, so they're playing with the sound in a way that they kind of you know ratchet up into like they did with Daredevil. They ratchet up his sound because his sound is his hearing is better than the average person's hearing, obviously. So you could see that they're playing a, a clear homage to, to uh, Daredevil, which I really like because that Daredevil was ahead of its time and just so much fun to watch. And the way that those fight scenes were staged, you can definitely see that that's uh, part of the influence here. Uh, so that would be a positive. And I really like how they're trying to weave in her Choctaw heritage into the storyline. Every episode kind of starts with one you know, uh, an ancestor basically and, and a powerful woman and their story and how they fit into her story is kind of being spooled out slowly. I think that adds to the, to the, uh, to the narrative they're trying to pursue. And I really like that. However, outside of that stuff, I have a lot of issues. Sure. Uh, having a character who is quiet and I don't mean quiet. Like she doesn't speak like verbally. I mean, quiet as in like, she has so much trauma going on that she literally does not communicate. It makes it really, really hard to, get the pacing right and everybody who she interacts with is kind of talking at her and she's not really having real conversations with people there are some uh some some um 
some scenes where she is having more of a dialogue with people in those three episodes, but it's more of the exception to the rule where people are talking at her and she's kind of just either ignoring it or internalizing it, but not really saying anything back. That makes it really hard. And it puts a lot of weight on the actress who now has to only communicate how she's feeling to the audience based on not what she's saying to people, but really how her face is, is in any given moment or maybe what action she's taking. She's really angry. She picks up a gun. She just shoots it because she's so angry about what's happening. Right. That is not easy to do. And it, you really feel that struggle in terms of trying to figure out what the character is feeling. Obviously we know she's going through trauma, but to get to specifically what she's feeling in any given moment is tough because she's not a talker. She's not talking about those things. Uh, I do think a lot of the shows suffer from having like the tone, tonal differences of like very serious scene followed by a very funny scene followed by a scene of levity. And I feel like a lot of the MCU shows struggle from that. This one is the opposite. It is very pretty much straightforward. There's not a lot of comedic relief. Uh, and it, and I, and I never thought that I would say this, but it, I find that that, that pacing and that tonality is a bit weird for me. I, mm. I, there's just something weird about it. There's, it, it feels like this show is I like that it's only five episodes and obviously it's the first entry in the spotlight series where we're getting more grounded and more like street level I like that I like that we're more grounded and more street level but in terms of the narrative of Echo there are just certain decisions that are being made that are kind of baffling to me so I would say it's a mixed bag for me in terms of my reception to the first three episodes that's interesting I'm we're gonna dive into that a little bit further but I wanted to hear from I wanted to hear from Rod just like your general thoughts coming into it, watching these three, how did it play to you? How did it feel for you? Uh, well, y'all know me. Number one, I pretty much like everything. You know, I'm a pretty generally positive person on stuff, except for uh, Secret Invasion, which sucked. But um, <laughs> the, uh, the this one, I kind of, I think they had like a, a steep hill to climb because like Echo kind of had an origin story already in Hawkeye. So, you, you know, it's like we're not really an origin story. Um, yeah. But then the the new, like, she has abilities thing is kind of like an origin, like, because every episode is like, here's the origin of these abilities, but not necessarily her. Um, I do like uh, that they are totally nailing she's an anti-hero. I don't necessarily feel like I am rooting for a good guy in these first three episodes. She does some stuff where I'm just like, yo, that's pretty damn, that's like, like for you to be mad at, you know, Hawkeye turning into Ronin, you are Ronin in a lot of people right now. Um, <laughs> sis. I'm not sure you have the moral upper ground anymore. Um, and then also like, it is interesting because I'm I'm monitoring as as you know, especially looking at the writing, how difficult it is to insert new heroes this far along the cycle and have them be any level of different from the people before them. So I feel like her being an anti-hero, they're pretty much nailing that. But there's no quips, there's no one-liners, there's no like, you know, like you're not like she can't like knock somebody over the head and then sign language like a quippy thing so like there there really is no comedy coming from her uh whatsoever um and um and once again i do love some of these like secondary characters like the grandpa and stuff like i, I and this, this is just the you know jake will probably talk about this too but it's mm -hmm. just the burden of you don't have 22 episodes so i love those people but it's never gonna feel like i got enough of them because they that you just literally can't um, and then the other thing, 
uh for like just uh positives uh the daredevil moment was was i, I loved it the choreography the the suit the stick with the with the that actually felt like from the comics you like I, I i dug that i did not think they do that so fast and like so seamlessly and uh and it didn't make a lot more sense like in hindsight how that endeared her to kingpin because you know in hawkeye i was like yo how she become his number one like what mm-hmm. what happened what you know wesley's rolling in his grave you know what i'm saying and then it's like oh okay yeah she had them hands okay he he's like you built different but uh yeah that, those those are my overall takeaways from the first three episodes mm, interesting and jake how about you sir i i enjoyed it more than i didn't definitely um i think that Tej is right about i think i think that there is a I don't want to say that the the supporting characters are one note, but it feels like too many characters have the same relationship with her, and so it's a lot of the same conversations again. You know, her cousin who owns the roller rink, um, Bonnie, and her grandma all kind of have the same vibe towards her of, you know, you're gone, you're doing bad stuff. And I feel like that... Like, I wish one of those characters had, even if it wasn't, like, quips, because, you know, I think that that is the thing that Marvel gets accused of inserting to everything. But there's no lightness with really any relationships, except Biscuit, which kind of feels, uh, pun intended, undercooked. Like, it just, he doesn't really feel like a full character. Um, but I think that uh, Alaco Cox is really good, and I think that, the thing I really appreciate about it is that um, it's nice to see, especially with, like, there's a problem, I think, with these, with superhero movies and shows, or any sort of action movie and show, will they'll cast like a woman to play an action hero, but they don't want her to get an action hero shape because they think that doesn't look attractive. And so it's like a 100 pound woman beating up 300 pound dudes. Whereas like Lockwax <laughs> looks like she can beat up people. She's like six, five, not really, but she's like six foot tall. She's she, like, she really like, you believe it. And I feel like that, they're able to have a brutality to the fights that you can't have with like Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson has to do crazy kicks and flips because she can't, you know, overpower someone whereas echo the fight feels like a fight it doesn't feel like ballet um and that really was great and i think that um the acting from the sporting characters i think is great i the grandpa played by the great graham green who is he's just such a fucking pro you see him show up in something you're like i is dennis haysbert here i'm in good hands like i just love him um the grandmother who's played by tansu cardinal who of course is great and killers of the flower moon this year um i just you know i i think that the the vibe that this town has too is really interesting they don't they don't spell it out in any way but i think it's a very interesting thing where it's you know the vibe of i think we people who are not familiar with native american culture which you know i'm really one of, i'm not super familiar i think have a, this vision of where native americans live is like a completely different world but like it just looks like any town you'd see in the plain states. But of course, it's more than that. But I think that the the juxtaposition between those two things, which is never called out, is really rich. Um, and so I'm excited to see where it goes the last two episodes. Um, and I feel like, if anything, I think it's kind of, it's made me more excited for the character because I kind of was like, after Hawkeye happened, I'm like, I'm so, so excited for Echo. But because of the speed that Marvel moves at, it was too plus years before we got echo yeah. and then i was like do we still need this and i feel like they are in a lot of ways justifying the character because she really is like nothing about this besides the fact that it takes place in a world of superheroes would make you describe this as a superhero show she's just like a criminal who's taking on a criminal under another criminal enterprise mm-hmm. yes yes i think the thing that kind of stands out to me watching the first three 
is mainly mainly the tone of the series. I think it's obviously a different tone, which I think is a good thing. It's coming into this kind of street level series, which I really do feel that that Marvel needs to lean into in the coming years, and I hope that they do. And it seems like at least with Fisk coming into play that they're going to do that more. And then you see Daredevil, obviously, that's a positive as well. And I think, and I'm not necessarily going to call it um, disappointing yet, but I I had heard just generally about like the way that post-production went with this is that, you know, they had more, they were going to do six, something didn't work out, they made a bunch of changes, turned it into five, turned it into a binge model, left it kind of in this space where it's released in this month where usually when you release stuff in this month, this is like we releasing the shit just for whatever and calling it, calling it a binge drop. Um, that part is disappointing to me specifically for this character and the culture that it's representing. Obviously, even as somebody who doesn't know about it specifically, I feel like when, when it comes to any type of different culture, black, uh, Hispanic, all of these things that we list, the things that we saw in Miss Marvel and the way that they handled that and the stuff that we saw in Moon Knight, the way that they handled that and everything that uh, Marvel has tried to do with these different types of characters. I feel like even without having seen the entire series as of yet, I still feel like they dropped the ball here with the way that they presented it to us. And I, th- I think that you can't talk about the show without saying that. Even if even if I enjoy it, which I have so far, so I just wanted to get that point out there. Mm-hmm. But in terms of in terms of positivity of the show, like uh, Alakwa Cox, I really like enjoy. I just enjoy her vibe. Um, it's just a very she has a presence, and which is a, which says a lot because she doesn't obviously she can't speak. So that's like that's pretty cool in itself that she has such she has stature in a way that you wouldn't expect and this is this even goes back to hawkeye so like this is no big surprise but to see her continue that is like really cool and awesome i think you guys really hit uh, a lot of great general points about not only the characters around her but i think the fight scenes um the netflix vibe that teach said i think it's cool to really get back to that to get to this kind of grounded stuff you spend a lot of time in cosmic. We spend a lot of time in multiverse and time travel and things like that. Sometimes we want to see people just beat each other's ass. That's all. Yeah. Like it should be just sometimes we just need that. So that aspect of it was cool as well. And I just we can jump right into the first episode. Can I get a quick thought on the release? Yeah, sure. I think a thing that I think a lot of people who are like very into movies and TV, like myself, will sometimes think that regular viewers are like stupid and don't really get studio strategy and while regular viewers don't know can't like read tea leaves i think you can tell by box office numbers generally that regular viewers subconsciously can tell when a studio doesn't have confidence in something you know what i mean like i think that that is a thing it's happened with marvel i think that the the Marvel, uh, Disney was clearly before, like the Marvels, was clearly kind of like hedging, like, ooh, this isn't going to be good. Or even with, you know, the new Aquaman, they clearly were like, this isn't going to be that important. And audiences didn't show up because they knew that it wasn't being treated that importantly. And so, well, I think some people would be like, oh, regular viewers don't care if it's binge or whatever. It's like, no, regular viewers know, oh, all these previous series were week to week and future series are going to be week to week. Clearly, the fact that this is coming out as a binge 
Marvel, the people who ostensibly want me to watch this, don't think it is worth five weeks of my time, that sends a message to audiences. And I think it's a really bad precedent to set because I think so much of what made the MCU work when it was humming was this idea that, like, even if you don't see everything, everything is important if you want it to be. And, like, in the same way that, you know... Like, I don't mind if What If does that, because What If is not actually, you know, in the grand scheme of things, not that important. But a show introducing someone of two really important underrepresented cultures, because she's both deaf and Native American, which are two really underrepresented things on screen, to be like, but she's not as important as, you know, Secret Invasion. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just, that's ridiculous. The fact that we had to spend six weeks straight talking about Secret Invasion, but we have to get these Echo episodes done over a week because it's a binge, pisses me off. If there's any show that deserved the... Drop the the drop, uh, just drop it all at one time. It was Secret Invasion. What yes. a fucking waste of time that show. Oh my, oh my god, god. I do, Jesus. I do I mean, wonder if some of this is a reaction to Secret Invasion. And I think it is. Of, you know I what I mean? Where like they're trying to get ahead of the audience and be like, "Look, man, we actually don't know if they're gonna like or hate something anymore." And we yeah. took a hit putting Secret Invasion out week to week, and it led to like eight weeks of hate. As opposed to, you know, like love. So, yeah. so like, let's just rip the Band-Aid off. Because honestly, man, there's some thought and context put into this series that I think um, it clearly shows they gave a fuck. Like, it did, like I don't feel like yeah. they just dropped this because they were like, oh, it's whack. Fuck it. If I, I like uh, watching some of the like breakdowns on it and when people get into like the cultural touchstones of like the woodpecker and stuff like that. And you're like, yo, that's pretty deep. And that's, and they're not doing it like message. Like they're just like with so much like yeah. culture stuff. That's not mainstream white culture. There's normally like a moment where they look at the screen and literally tell you like the woodpecker, you know, that's an omen. That means that goes back for our people. <laughs> like they don't even really do that. They just have stuff happening all the time. Every, and it's like, catch up. If you catch up, look it up. If you want to look it up. So if, and then having like, the daredevil netflix universe all come in through this it like it clear they clearly gave a fuck but yeah it's the way they dropped it screams don't give a fuck and i saw so many previews for it so like i don't even want to say like they didn't market it because like honestly every time i logged into youtube i was getting a new version of this echo trailer like I was like, yo, y'all gotta slow down. Like y'all and telling me the whole it damn across story. NFL games and yeah, NBA like, games. They clearly on, care. On yeah. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is I also wonder if yeah. some of the hesitance is this is not for kids. Like this is our one That's, that is, yeah. you know, like we're shooting motherfuckers, we're breaking legs, we're like we're it's getting <laughs> gory out here. She ain't really a hero. We can't give her the you know the 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 tr- same. We have to give it the late night daredevil marketing treatment and not the you know Cartoon Network and uh, you know everywhere you see something it, it, treatment. I just wonder. I think that's fair. I I think that is fair. I think the the point that I would add to that is is pretty much the same one that I said before. Specifically, when as you mentioned, Rod, you have these cultural touchstone, like real moments that seem like the writers really worked hard to get in there and worked hard to to tell in a specific way to to you know translate to the viewer. I think that's something that. Just like how Miss Marvel was able to do the whole thing about the partition yeah. and everything yeah. along those lines, this should be served the same way. And that's really mm-hmm. the that's really the larger point for me on that is and what Jake says as far as like the implication, 
all you need is the implication that you think it sucks. Mm-hmm. And then you got to you have to not think that the viewer is as dumb as you think that they are that it's like oh we're releasing it as a binge when we've seen everything else be and this also, specific way. When yeah. it's not week to week, you don't get the uh, press rollout. You know, like like you know all the other yeah. series, like you interview like the directors and showrunners like halfway through and yeah. talk about oh what are they setting up. When you just drop it like this, it's like all right, so we watched it. I guess that's it. You know, thanks. Yes, yes, and yeah, and like I said, like all the changes. That whatever changes were made that turned this from six to five, you can never really know what happens there when it comes to studios and those back and forth between writers and stuff like that. That's the unfortunate part of the business. But I just wanted to shout out the the writers on the show because it really does seem that they worked hard on it. So um, give them credit there. But yes, episode one. Uh, I think I had like mixed feelings about this episode a lot because... Part of it, I almost want to blame on myself a little bit because I watched the last four episodes of Hawkeye leading directly (laughs) into the release of Echo. So I had just finished six and then episode one starts and we get the same intro that we see in Hawkeye episode three. And it's a lot of weaving scenes from Hawkeye into whatever new scenes that they added here. So while I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is recaps position um, to the to the umpteenth degree. How did you guys feel about it? Jake, I'll start with you. I think it's I, I think I had quibbles with some with the extent to which they did it, but I really think it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't thing. I saw someone mm-hmm. on Twitter point out that there was a ton of criticism for the Marvels requiring you to have to watch so much shit beforehand. Right. Whereas this kind of tried to make it that you didn't need to rewatch. And that's why I blamed myself. And so <laughs> Like, I think that they could have been more efficient with it, and I feel like they could have, you know, I would have preferred if they would have shoot some more new scenes, even if it was telling us information that was already shot in Hawkeye. I didn't like how they literally were reusing the scene so much. Um, I hated that. Yeah. Yeah. It just was like, because it just felt like, I don't know unnecessary because it feels like a lot of the stuff that they were showing us from Hawkeye were stuff that anyone who watched Hawkeye would remember. Like there was stuff obviously because I didn't rewatch Hawkeye. So there was stuff from her backstory that I was like the refresher on, but that was mostly the smaller stuff. Like I, I don't feel like you needed as much footage from Hawkeye to recap the important events that happened around Hawkeye. You probably just could distill that down to five minutes of footage from Hawkeye as opposed to like half the episode being footage from Hawkeye. Yeah. How about you teach I mean, that felt like a, you know, you talked about, you know, what happened in post-production. That feels like they needed a space filler and they just said, let's copy paste these scenes over. I actually watched like a a recap video of Hawkeye before I started this. And so quite literally, I had just watched those scenes. And so to see them (laughs) pop back up again, I was like, wait, that's literally the same scene. It's not even from like, a you know, sometimes they'll show like the same events from like a different angle to show you a different perspective. No, this is literally the same exact scene that we've seen. I thought that was a strange decision but to me immediately when i saw that i was like this is this is weird post-production stuff this is this was not planned to be this way this was this way uh via circumstances and you can always kind of tell when the run times of the episodes are not quite the same there's a there's a, there's a pretty you know there's i think episode one's about 50 minutes and episode yeah. two is like 34 that's always indicative of something 
change from the way that we planned it's this. the worst thing about streaming television i hate yeah. they, they need to mandate it i'm sorry episodes need to be 44 minutes long each sorry <laughs> constraints are good for art they are <laughs> what about you rod uh, so let me just say, first of all, one of the things I like about streaming is the ability to change episode length. Like it's because when, when when you hit it, when you hit it right, it's mm, it's good. I've like, just seen two. I've seen. I feel like I've seen more mess ups than good ones. But yeah, sure. but when they get it right, you know, like when Game of Thrones hits you with like a battle of the bastards or something, you're like, whoa, what? You know, like when it's going off and you're, you're still like, I, what, what did I just witness? Why did it feel like there's 20 minutes left or whatever, you know, like, but um, <laughs> so like there's certain times where they do nail it. But um, the thing for me with the, the recap replay thing, I didn't go back and watch Hawkeye on purpose because they put out a while ago that this Marvel spotlight thing was supposed to be for people that don't even need to see any of the other series. And I went, yeah, right. How? How? And this is how. They just show you the series that you missed in the episode. Like you, like you better off just they might as well have better off just been like, go watch Hawkeye and then go watch this. Don't don't even try to like we don't want to have to retell y'all what you've seen already. And so yeah, I definitely thought the flashbacks felt weird. And then because they had to do like time jumps, but not yeah. the kind of time jumps where they explain they're doing a time jump, you know, like. Like it, like the only time that time jump they explain is when you see she's shot and there's like five months later and you're like, what happened? <laughs> like like <laughs> why didn't you take the the why didn't you take all those flashbacks, throw them in the trash, and give us what happened in those five months that led to her getting shot and being out in the middle of nowhere, right, going back? That was home. so extremely weird, man. Like literally, she just pops up and she's wounded, and we're like, wait, it just said five months later. It just said that. I just saw that. Am I tripping? Did I miss a scene? I literally thought yes. I missed a scene. Like I was like, I, really I must have looked at my phone or something. There, there's an, I was there's like, an I don't epidemic. remember her getting shot at the end of Hawkeye. And also, why is she still bleeding five months later? She didn't get that looked at? <laughs> She's been running around like that for five months, bro. <laughs> she ain't got sepsis she- or TJ, I feel like you probably are with me on this. There's an epidemic of TV shows in particular, sometimes movies, but usually TV shows thinking they're doing like a setting up a mystery by just not having a scene that should be there. You know what I mean? Like, just because you cut out the scene that shows her getting shot doesn't mean that it's a mystery. Like you, it, it, that's just bad storytelling. If she got shot, is it important to us to know? Like, especially because that's not like a thing. It's kind of just thrown in there. And right. if they want that to be like really mysterious, the next three episodes should be about like, Oh my God, who shot her? Who shot her? Yes. Keep asking, what happened to you? And then, Oh, I'm not saying I'm not saying, but they kind of just act like, it's almost like they're like, well, clearly, you know, she's been doing some criminal stuff. So obviously she'd be shot by someone, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> right. I'm like, the kingpins, people shoot her? Like, this is important, dog. They were just like, nah, a veterinarian will take care of it. Uh, no, 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 a mortician is even better. Right. A mortician will take care of it. I think they just wanted to show yes. us a gross room to be like, this ain't your mama's Disney Plus, boy. Look at look how gay <laughs> this And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Just show her getting shot by a goon. I mean, Dang, I don't. Dang, bro. Oh man, yeah, that's yeah, that's why. Like, I, I just felt like it. It did like to teach this point. It just felt weird. It was just very. It's just like very off-putting, especially like yeah, you have a fifty-one minute episode. I'm just like wondering, huh? Fifty-one minutes to start off. You getting a you getting a, a real shebang. And and it's not to say that I ain't like this. Yeah. Ain't like the the new stuff that they added. 
with the backstory of what happened to Maya's mom and her relationship with Bonnie at the beginning and things along those lines. But at the same time, mixing all that stuff in felt weird. But as we continue on with the, with the episode, we get to see uh, Fisk's influence on Maya and making her feel like she's number one in, in his eyes and stuff like that. I thought uh, Jake had uh, sent me a, sent me a message regarding uh, Fisk and the idea that he didn't learn the ASL but he, at all. To, he he didn't learn it at all, but he hired somebody mm-hmm. to do it in the car with her, which was like a very interesting touch of villainy. Mm-hmm. I actually thought it was a hashtag washed agenda. He was a little bit lazy <laughs> and didn't really want to <laughs> didn't really want to go about it that way. But Jake, I wanted you to yeah. expound upon that point as far as uh, Wilson Fisk was concerned. The thing is, I'm not even saying that like, oh, what was striking to me is that it's not that he doesn't speak fluent ASL, like, that's fine. But you have to keep in mind, like, he's known her since she was a small child. Mm-hmm. And, like, the thing that was striking to me is that when he uses, like, small phrases, he doesn't even, you know, one or two words, he doesn't know the sign for it. Whereas, like, I feel like most people, you know, know a couple of basic things. And if I had a close family member, I would learn some things. I think it's so, there's a great dissonance between him talking so much about how, how important she is, how she's, like, you know, number one and how her needs are important, yada, yada, yada to him. But he couldn't take the three seconds to learn how to say, like, I love you or sorry or thank you in sign language. Because he's, of course, because he's a hypocrite. He only cares about himself, really. You know, like, obviously, he feels something towards her, but he doesn't know how to feel the generous love that would requ- that he, all of her family members, who, even though they haven't seen her since she was, like, 10, all speak sign language. So it says so much about him that he can't even take the meet her you know a quarter of an inch of the way and so i thought that that was a really interesting character detail that's real villainy i like that i liked that mm-hmm. touch as soon as i saw the lady like they literally have her framed like she's in the dark like you can't actually see her face mm-hmm. she's literally in the dark and it, like the light is kind of focused on cape i was like this is true villain shit you have a woman in the shadows that's quite literally doing sign language because you can't even take the time to even try to do sign language that's true villainy i thought that was a good touch <laughs> I liked it yes yes absolutely yeah, so yeah, so we get Wilson Fisk back. It's it's great to see him. Um, I had said earlier uh, that day prior to watching the the first episode, one of my favorite things in the MCU is him getting hit by a car and getting right back up. Oh, it's great! And, and just yeah. and just trucking along, him getting blown up and then just getting right back up and then getting yeah. shot in the face, right back up. Our boy Willie Fisk is back. It's great to see him. Um, Rod, how, how do you feel about seeing uh? Our guy Vincent back yeah, in the role. I love Vincent in this role. I love him reprising it. This is another one of those things I that Marvel got right, you know, like not recasting J. Jonah Jameson. Like sometimes it's just like, yo, that was that's about as good as you're gonna get. Like, what are we gonna go back to like Bing Rames or Michael Clark Duncan or whoever played the clean pin and Daredevil with uh, <laughs> it ben was it was Michael Clark Duncan, rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, like we can't have that, man. Like, let's just keep it. Vincent did his thing. Um, he seems different though. Like he's not necessarily playing him the exact same as Daredevil to me. Um, like yeah. the way his he's delivering his lines a little more shaky, a little more hesitant. I don't know if that's just like it's been a while, or if he's just like perfect. He's like keeping a bend to some things now. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't see some things, so maybe that's why he's delivering the lines different. But um, uh, I guess kind of skipping ahead a little bit, but. The ending of episode three, when you see him, 
it feels like he is kingpin like he feels so big on the yeah. screen i'm just mm-hmm. like yo mm-hmm. ha- can acting make you bigger because he just acted big like you know what i'm saying i was like yeah yo, i would <laughs> i would not want to fight that dude it's nothing but acting and he's just in a suit you know what i mean so like yeah i i love i love wilson fisk and i really do hope they deliver on the plans of uh making him like a threat across all street level marvel heroes and stuff because kingpin is like that in the books and that's one of the reasons i like willie yes yes and uh Tej, so what do you think about wilson fisk coming back how would you feel about how he's uh stood out in these uh first uh couple episodes i love to see him uh just that actor and that role is just so iconic and the work he did with daredevil is just so close to my heart in terms of a portrayal of a villain i just really like him i like the fact that he doesn't really have superpowers i guess that he's like super strong but like he's just a big dude that kind of don't give a shit about anything and i like i just like that so to see that be the villain against maya obviously we knew that going into the show i just i just love that and seeing him back on screen has been uh, so fun. I did like that we got a little bit of the relationship between him and, you know, if if that's going to be our big bad and this is going to end in some fight between them. I like the fact that we were kind of developing the relationship between him and Maya. And I, I it was it was great. It was a great touch. Uh, we, we all knew it was going to happen. But when he popped up on screen, I still had a big smile on my face. I was just happy to see him. I appreciate the context to the manipulation and the weaponizing that Hawkeye tells Maya in episode five of Hawkeye. And then you see Wilson do that here to Rod's point, as far as Fisk having seen some things, I would finally get to comment on this. So I saw that they made the, the Netflix series all Canon Mm -hmm. to, to the entire uh, MCU. So huge deal. It is. Nasty ass Jessica Jones jeans. Those are Canon. Now that's MCU Canon. Now, Uh Luke, Luke Cage uh, dabbing his way through. <laughs> now, Marcus Garvey Avenue, meet me at the People's Republic Center. <laughs> Don't forget Let to Let me stop go make by, Harlem great again. Stop by the James Baldwin Library. <laughs> I still can't believe they Mariah let him Stokes. say that goddamn line. <laughs> me out wait, wait, did I think about it? Does that mean that uh, Sway in the Morning is canon in, in the MCU now? <laughs> oh, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> the Man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah. No, yeah. I love, I love, I, I, I love those Netflix series. I don't care what people say; it doesn't matter. It, honestly, I, I just need them to not show Iron Fist again. The, that's it. I, honest to God, dog. I even like Iron Fist. I like I like them all now. Oh, because, God bless you, Rod. God bless you, Listen, when Rod, they, I love you. That's what I'll say. <laughs> when they miss, when they miss, it's like they were going for something. Like it's like y'all were just doing whatever over there. <laughs> I love that. Stuff, hey, uh, Finn, I need you to learn this fight scene in three and a half minutes. It's ten minutes long. <laughs> 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 I will oh say it did God. give us Jessica Henwick, so I can't be that yeah. mad at it. But yeah, yeah. salute yeah. to her. Yeah, and my man, that's bring my calling And my man that was doing the drunken style fighting. There's a lot of characters I'd love to see them bring back. Was that in season two? Time. I didn't. I didn't see season two. I I, I skipped. Yeah, <laughs> season two. I mean, it was obviously better than season one, but that's not saying much. That's you know good. what I mean? <laughs> like, but it was better than season one. But it was more like an ensemble by by season two. It's like everyone was fighting, but then just about so. Yeah. It's like how you it, how you dilute something that's toxic. 
Yeah, exactly. They were like, bro. We could bring Misty Knight back into the MCU. Oh, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I I think All Rise is is All Rise still on, though? She might not be able to make it, but. Um, but who knows? Who knows? Black actresses, man. Taraji P. Henson say they gotta take whatever work they can get, so she might do it. <laughs> She's just gonna be working both. She's gonna be doing both. <laughs> she gonna be a judge by day and and with a metal arm by night, bro. <laughs> I'm curious though so, if they if if the Blade movie ever gets made, are they gonna be like, yo, you look a lot like this criminal they used to run hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they gotta bring Luke Luke back, they gotta bring Bushmaster back. Yeah, no, no, they don't. They don't actually. No, Mariah Stokes, she gone bond. Like what? What is this accent? Have you ever heard of Jamaican, sir? Oh, that was the best, yo. Oh my god, no, <laughs> that, was, that was crazy. I was watching. And I that was one of the few times I'm like, this can't actually be what they settled on. Like, <laughs> what did, they, did did this guy like? Send in a fake audition tape. How did he? <laughs> oh, but I, but Jesus. you know what? All jokes aside, I do want to see the Punisher back. Uh, yeah, and also I like I love Jessica Jones. Yeah. Jessica Jones season one is my favorite. Oh of yeah, those yeah, seasons. yeah, yeah. I think that Kilgrave is. I said I my point has been that Kilgrave is if he was now that he's in the episode is a top three scariest villain that they've ever done. If not, yeah, one. absolutely. Um, yeah. So there's some good stuff there. I was more scared of the fact that she had the same jeans on for an entire yeah. season of TV yeah. than I was of Kilgrave. Yeah. But he was pretty scared. Yeah. I was when... raised around white people, though, so that's not that. I'm, it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a time where, like, Luke was going to hit that, and I'm like, y'all not going to, like, shower first? I mean, he something? did hit that. They broke the bed, <laughs> y'all remember? Y'all not going to shower. They broke I mean, the bed. Of times. No, I mean, I'm episode saying, after episode, oh, I know, but I'm saying, yeah. as it was happening, I was like, y'all don't want to hop in the shower real quick? Something... You know she's been wearing those jeans. That's when I knew Luke Cage was not a a, a black person that I would align myself with. (laughs) He was chasing a white woman that I never saw shower. I said, Luke, please, please break one stereotype for me. Please, Luke, please. He he got unbreakable skin, not unsmellable nose. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. I love those Netflix shows. Oh, my gosh. What a, what a time! What a time to be alive. Oof. Um, well, well, we're definitely we're definitely getting. Well, I know we're getting the Punisher. The Punisher's coming back. Oh, um, for sure. We'll see what yes. happens with these. Yeah, Bert, and, and Chris, Kristen Ritter has liked some tweets that suggest that she's coming back. They should, man. Honest to God, dude, they should all come back. They should just kill off the dude that plays Iron Fist. Let an Asian person play. Get the powers yeah. and then just roll from there. I mean, Finn. Finn yeah. seemed appropriately sorry when he was doing interviews the second season. So, like, yeah, he, step up as a white appropriately ally. Appropriately sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's like <laughs> his fault, but kind of his fault. You know what I'm saying? Like, like what he gonna do? Turn the job down? Of course, I get why he took yeah. it, but like, you know, he know he was wrong for that. So, like, give it to an Asian person that can actually do some stunt choreography. Just let Finn be somebody else and then have a real Asian person be Iron Fist so we could... we could. We yeah, could that's what I want. Yeah. Yo, but how crazy would it be if he'd been practicing all this time and he came back and he was nice? Wow. <laughs> that's <laughs> his... That would be insane. <laughs> yeah, like, you, you, you look, it's like, wait, Finn Jones is, like, a master in jujitsu. Like, he was the right. one who choked out Mark Zuckerberg? Right. <laughs> he been, he, that's why he ain't been doing movies. He just been practicing for five years. Just, just somewhere up in a monastery getting nice. 
<laughs> You've been trying out for the Ultimate Fighter. Like I'm yeah. just gonna do some <laughs> UFC fights on the side <laughs> just to get ready for this role. <laughs> you got his. You got his oh Instagram is just reels of him just sparring with people. You're like, yo, what happened here? <laughs> That's an insane box jump, Finn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man, gotta love Netflix, man. But yes, that well, before we got derailed, which we you know tends to happen on this show a yeah. bunch. This is a good um, derailment. A good one, good one. So yes, the the rest of this episode, um, as we get to see, I think think what was mentioned earlier by Tej about the Daredevil fight. One thing that I really enjoyed was the perspective that it was shown. It was shown mm-hmm. just specifically from like Maya's perspective, mm-hmm. as opposed to we normally see Daredevil as the main character and we see it from his viewpoint and how he does things. We see it from Maya, which kind of makes Daredevil look even more badass the way that he was fighting. And it's like, oh, this is what it's like to go up against somebody, an elite fighter. Elite, I totally uh, agree with that. Elite, I, totally, I thought the hero. same thing as I was watching. I was like, man, he looks even he looks even more badass. The fact that we're cutting away from him versus watching him fight. Like, it, yeah. it that, that just made him look even scarier. I really like that. Now, Teej, were you thinking, like, when is Maya going to sign Please Bros? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love the I'm fact sorry. that... Daredevil is literally having a conversation with her as they're fighting, not realizing that like she can't hear yeah. what he's saying. And so like I, I just found it, I just the scene was and 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 just like Rod said, he just kind of pops up. Like we just saw a fight scene, and he just kind of like pops up, and I'm like, oh shit, it's happening. Yes. Like that's, that's how it would be. So much fun. Yeah, that's, that's the yeah, moment exactly. that I'm like, I'm gonna give this show a chance. Like, I like uh, we had just sat through 20 minutes of replays. And I'm like, oh, man, I hope they didn't drop the ball. <laughs> but the way that they did the camera angle where, like, you see her leave the room and then you pan over and Daredevil's already, like, in the background posted up. And you're like, oh, shit, run, it's Daredevil. <laughs> you know, like, that was – and then she, like, she fought him. But, like, they fought basically to a standstill. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like either one got a distinct advantage because uh, I feel like with enough time, Matt would have worn her down. But something in Matt's soul was like, you know, let me get out of here, and and then he dipped. But man, what a cool cameo! Like I love, I love that shit. So the Daredevil thing was cool, and then um the train heist, not heist thing. Uh, those are the two highlights of the first. Episode. Yeah, which we get in episode two. Oh, episode two. Episode okay, that was well, two episode two. one. We episode one is is we end with the 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 reveal that that Kingpin is still alive, right? They yeah. show him on the hospital yes. bed. Yeah. Yes. We get some of her bits going to Oklahoma. Yeah, she goes and to Oklahoma, was... she meets with her uncle at the right. at the ice skate, the roller rink I should say. And um yeah, basically they treat her like the element coming back into town like we don't want to deal with her. Besides <laughs> besides besides biscuits, besides yeah. biscuits. Biscuits shows her a lot of love. He's very happy to see her. I have so many questions about this plot point. I have so many questions I did not understand. Well, talk to me. Why did she go back home? What what was her reasoning for going back home? So it seems like apparently she wanted, because remember the uncle, uh, the uncle with the roller rink is, is still working for Fisk. So he has the, he has the whole train thing. So I guess, I guess after fighting Fisk's men, she still wanted to continue to, to hurt him. For whatever reason, because I think she alludes to that in the second Got episode. It. I'm gonna go right after her. So she so she um she plants the bomb in the train to kind of mess up the uh mess up uh, whatever shipment of, of wherever it was going for Fisk uh wh- whatever Fisk shipping supplies that they were doing. So obviously okay, that explodes. that makes sense. So she wanted to blow up the depot in New York so she knew she could do it on the train at home. So she goes yeah, right. home to do okay. 
My second question. Yes. Why does everyone in town know that she brings bad news around if they haven't seen her in 20 years? It's like everybody knows, like, whoa, not Maya's in town. Some shit could really go down. But they haven't seen her since she was, like, six. So, like, how, how do they yeah, have yeah, an her, awareness of that? How do they her, know? Her dad was, a, was like, bad news. But, yeah. Like, I, because I, the, right? grandmother, yeah. the grandmother hated the, fu- the, the father for I what mean, happened to her. He did mom. get her daughter killed. I mean. Right. He, he did quite literally get her daughter killed. Like, so, and then, and, and the, only the, thing, the only thing he could add was, but don't worry, I killed the guys who cut the brakes. Yeah, don't worry, I got him. So we're good. We're even, yeah. actually. <laughs> Your daughter's basically I, not dead. For I the mean. record, I, I love that scene so hard because that is Great the scene. typical. He's just a shitty guy. The, I love that scene so much because that is the typical like movie justice that we're used to. It's like, well, at least John Wick <laughs> killed everybody. And it's like, my daughter's still dead. What are you talking about? <laughs> Who gives a fuck about that, bro? Like, 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 I love that moment, dude. That was so fucking smart, whoever wrote it that way. Because I was like, there's so many times where someone says that and the person's like, yeah, thank you. It's like, no. Yeah, it's like, no, that doesn't make me feel better at all, actually. Yeah, like, yeah. She said, no, they, no, they families ain't got no fucking like, people in them. What? Like, that's not good, bro. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. I the when you it, when you get interject these these other characters into it. Um, I know we we get biscuits who I who I like. He's kind of like he, I know Jake used the words uh, undercooked, mm-hmm. but um, I like goofy people. So I I felt like he was goofy enough just just to be happy to see her, and it seemed like he was the. Uh, the intentional comic relief because there really isn't any otherwise because everybody yeah. looks very sullen and very <laughs> serious for them for serious for the most part. Um, but, but yeah, like it feels like at least just, you know, spanning across as we jump through uh, one, two and three, the, how each episode starts is, is interesting because this is stuff that you don't, I mean, you're not used to seeing. How did everybody take those those each beginning? Um, I thought the third one in particular, where we get kind of like the quotes and and stuff like that. I thought that was an interesting way of portraying stuff. But I want to hear like from everybody. Side- I like Here's how they're, silent film. Do, they're yeah, they're like a western one, a silent film one. Yeah. The second one was my favorite because I don't know if anyone any of you have seen The Northman, but there's a scene where they play a game that's violent as shit in The Northman. It, that is similar to this game, which I guess is like a mixture of lacrosse and rugby. Like it's that's it's, what it, yeah, it's like that's a what very it physical like, yeah. game. I I really liked that that second one. That second one really stuck with me because it reminded me of the Northman, where they played the the might maybe the most brutal game I've ever seen. It was fucking one of the greatest things I've seen in movies in the last couple of years. So as soon as that scene started, it reminded me of that. I thought it was really well done the way that it was filmed, the way that they're kind of filming this woman who is the only woman out there. They take the big lead all of a sudden. What like what kind of coaching were they doing on the blue team that their best players is sitting in the back? And he's just like, yeah, I'm waiting. I want to get down by like six or seven <laughs> points before I get out there. <laughs> then I'm going crazy. He was like the ring. He was like the ringer on uh, your company softball team. You know what I mean? Where it's like, <laughs> oh, we not gonna tell him that uh, my man actually played softball and he played baseball in D one. We not gonna tell him that. We just gonna we gonna let him get up five and then we are gonna walk their ass down. I was, I was like, why? What is that strategy? No oh, man, but but yeah, those were that. That's a great point. the The episode two one was a lot of fun. Rod, did you? What did you t- take out of I mean, um these beginning scenes? I like all of them. 
uh, the starts because um, if they're saying that it's a generational thing traced back to her time, like her people and through her ancestors, like I didn't get it the first time they showed it. I was just like, oh, it's like the origin story of like the Choctaw people or something. Like, what is this? Yeah. gotta do i didn't even yeah, know it's they like they're going... underground and then the skin yeah. fades once they come out it was just yeah it was very it was yeah it was the, very the woodpecker different. that yeah. apparently is like and this is the stuff i knew this is stuff i looked up <clears throat> the woodpecker is a, a omen for like something you're gonna get some like possibly bad news or something bad's gonna happen and then the cave-in happens and then they come out and they their the clay falls off their skin and they turn into like humans and i was just like oh, oh, i thought i was watching echo you know, like, like, like I was like I was thrown off, and then once I realized after the second episode, oh, they're gonna do dip, something different every episode, and <clears throat> we see her actually use those powers on the train in the second episode, and you're like, oh, so she gonna have powers? So she's not just I thought street level meant like Daredevil, like no no real powers, but so she got powers um, to go along with the hands. So I thought that was cool. Um, and I've liked them all, but I thought the first one was probably the most like intriguing and beautiful and mm-hmm. um, like just very majestic. Yeah, and, the visuals were cool. Yeah, yeah. and I always, man, I, I'm a sucker for it. Same thing with Miss Marvel. I'm a sucker for like, show me something, and Blue Beetle too. Show me something that I don't understand. Like, cause, cause that's what made me feel like the director and the people that made it got like carte blanche. <laughs> Whenever you show me something yeah. and I'm like, I don't know what it means, but that's something real. Sp- like it's some people out there in this group that know yeah. exactly what this means. It gave me that vibe. And I, so I, I like that. Nice. It also feels like the lazy thing that whenever non-native people write native people, they'll like the refrain is that they talk about their ancestors and it feels like that's super vague. And I, I like that this, you know, it's not just something that they say, like there is a real, they trace these things and that there's a connection. And even if there wasn't, you know, any specific power or anything like that, I think that she still gets a spiritual power from these connections. And so like, I think it just informs her as a character that she is, that that's so much of what they're trying to get across is that like, she is not unique in that none of us are unique because we all descend from who we descend from and there is beauty and power in that. And yeah, I really liked, I, my favorite was probably the third one just because I watched some silent films like, you know, for the first time in my life last year. So I, you know, I liked seeing that approach and just, I think it's just such a cool, I like when they use different motifs to tell stories because it's, it felt like, um, it, it had, I just like that a different vibe that the, each of them really had a different vibe. The first one was very, you know, like fantasy epic. The second one was mm-hmm. almost like a sports type movie. I mean, I really do wonder who was what the parlays were like on that. Um, <laughs> and then the last one, the last one was just like a was yeah, basically like Kings back then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, sign up with promo code Choctaw. But the um, <laughs> the last one I really liked though because it was using the genre of a cowboy movie from the native perspective yeah. which you know is they don't like call attention to that it's not like isn't it so subversive that we're using the language that was used to, like, no but right. they're using that language yeah but it is subversive and it I, is exactly. I like that because yeah. mm-hmm. they don't like i said they don't need to pat themselves on the back of it. that's the thing that i think what rob brought up with how they don't call attention to this stuff it yeah. is really nice that it doesn't feel like they're patting themselves on the back for doing it yep. which is how you know that there actually are people like that's that in the room. that's that's what made me feel like like what happened that they just dropped it all like that? You know what I mean? Because it's like y'all clearly yeah. put the work in. This the one that you yeah. deserve to have. Like, hey, take seven days between episodes and talk about it, and come back again. This this is the series for that. Secret Invasion wasn't that. 
what if was you know day to day so i get that you know what i mean but why do this series like that what was that you were gonna say jake I was going to say that those those people aren't the same people as the problem. The people who are putting all their heart and soul into it are not the people who are making the decision of what to release it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that part of it. Yeah. That part of it, again, like, you know, we'll harp on it. And, um, you know, as we get well, when we cover the rest of the series next week, you know, we'll cover it, cover that aspect even further. But I, um, I think the the one thing I wanted to add about the silent film, that that quote that was a bar to give life means nothing if I cannot protect it. That's mm-hmm. a bar. Damn. Like, I also like cut, that he dropped cut nice. Cut I nice. like that uh, when the bullets was flying, he dropped all the misogyny quick. Like it was getting real out there for them, and they was pinned down. She came over that ridge and started shooting people. He was like, "Whoa, let's go, girl!" Yeah, I forget what I said earlier about women can't um, fight. That was dumb. <laughs> you shot everybody, and then like uh, I do love the way that Maya's powers or abilities, how they showed a flashback, and it just is like. Remember how she, the you know, her uh, her ancestor wasn't missing nobody with these guns? And then Maya goes, like, bullseye on, like, seven mm-hmm. dudes. And you're just like, yo, this is kind of dope that she can just, like, tap into those powers. Yeah. Um, all right. Can we talk a little about episode two? I know we're kind of moving now. but We're jumping around. It's fine. Go I want to talk about the train scene because it reminded me of the uh, American Cinematic Masterpiece, which is unstoppable. Um and uh, <laughs> anytime I think of Unstoppable, it makes me happy. Um, I mean that I, that movie is truly a masterpiece. But um, I thought it was a really it, I, the thing I liked about it is it was kind of like an intermediate level action scene. It wasn't a crazy, you know. It, I obviously liked the fights, and I feel like there could be more fights in this. But it was an interesting way to show her prowess in action without just more beating people up. It was a different type of thing. And I also, this is one part where I felt like withholding information was very effective. Like, it didn't surprise me that it ended up being a bomb, but I like that we don't really know why she's doing this because that adds a level of distance between us and her that she, you know, it actually makes her seem more competent because she doesn't need to explain all the stuff. She just already knows it. And so I felt like that that was really cool and it really, you know, showed how she, it, it was a good mix of her being both really like a superhero and that she could do incredible stuff, but also it was not very graceful. It, she was hanging off. She was, you know, hanging under it. She was getting hit by the gravel. Um, and so I thought it was a really cool scene. Um, and I like, you know, she it messed up her, in the way her they, leg, yeah. you know. She messed up her leg during that thing. Um, yeah, and yeah. it was it was it was interesting because I was sure she was gonna have to fight somebody, you know. But then what the other thing about the reveal of it being a bomb was it made sense how she avoided fighting because if she would have beat somebody's ass on that train, everybody was exactly like, she was there. So like it was yeah, it was very smart. Um, and then the other thing with this character, um, like I said, she's not a hero; she's really an anti-hero. Cause like that bomb was big, bro. She, <laughs> a lot of people died that day <laughs> up in that joint. <laughs> like, like, and like, uh, the thing that is consistent with this character, and I hope they don't really bend on it, but she's angry. She's traumatized and yeah. angry, and every dumb decision she makes or cruel decision she makes is driven by that anger. And I'll I'll accept that. You know what I mean? Like, cause. Because uh, as far as for character motivations, as long as it's consistent, I'll do it. Because she does things sometimes where I'm like, this is dumb. You know, like, hug your cousin and tell her what, that you missed her. And, you know, yeah. and, I, and she'll just look at her with this angry face. And I'm just like, 
oh, nope. Okay, you're something's broken in you, and this is just what you're gonna do. So I guess everybody gotta die because you refuse to go to therapy. <laughs> I think the thing, yes, the anchor is a is is a great point. I think the other thing when Jake is talking about the the train scene overall, what we find throughout is how resourceful she is and how um you know every issue that she's had previous previously in her life has allowed her to become so resourceful like i mean it goes back to you go back to hawkeye when uh kate bishop is in her apartment and the strobe lights and just like the 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 the, the silent alarms that she has and she puts those same alarms in the house when she shows up it's just simple things like that she's always prepared she's usually not caught off guard except for the time that she's having that that spiritual moment and then she gets she gets uh she gets kidnapped. Yeah. So besides that, but she's very resourceful. So like that made when... no sense, by the way. That that made no sense. This you've been Talk showing me, yeah. me this woman whoop everybody's ass. She just happens to be walking through the forest. She gets confused because she's having a moment with her ancestors, and then literally she just is taken. And the next thing you see is her strung up. I was like, I don't buy that. Yeah, chloroform also doesn't work that fast. I hate to be like the well actually guy, but it just doesn't. Well, how do you know that? That's the real question. Because I've seen <laughs> because I'm a dork and I read articles like what movies action movies get wrong. That's why. <laughs> okay. It's the same reason I know that question. It sounded it's like an incredible follow-up question. Yeah. It, I, I understand that. I yeah. I understand, Rod. I understand why you would think that. Yeah. And I feel like we've done enough pods together where you know that I just know dumb shit. <laughs> Like yeah, I if I was just, a sinister you sounded, person, you sounded <laughs> you sounded very authoritative right there. Like guys, well, come on. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, and the thing is, that's why I that's why I've switched obviously to like injection. But you know, besides that, I don't really have any experience with it. Oh, like, Jesus listen, in my experience, when you chloroform a, a, a 140-pound woman, it's going to take uh, five, ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is, this, you, you're better off just soaking that rag, you know? Yeah. Just... Like... <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, that joint was, though. Wow. <laughs> the only thing, I was hoping, I was hoping she was going to be like, I got kidnapped on purpose when she broke out or something. Because I was like, how, how he catch you slipping? Like you got the power to ancestors, sis. There's no way you got caught slipping by the river, dog. But yeah. I guess you did. Yeah, yeah. I oh, do name Vicky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Vicky. <laughs> that cat tattoo. <laughs> so, so basically, um, what we get in the what we get in the third episode is obviously that part, which ends up being the the whole roller rig fiasco mm-hmm. with uh, that guy who 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 desperately needed that money from Kingpin's men, expecting that money like he really was ever going to get that money. Um, that guy was an idiot. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I always I like in shows like this where you have the criminal who thinks that this is normal criminal stuff. Like we're yeah. just normal criminals. We kidnap people for money. And it's like no, 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 buddy. This is like above your pay grade. <laughs> yeah, this is this. These are king kingpins men. Like they they do not care about your life. And I, that was the first moment also in that scene when they kill him. How bloody it is, and how the blood just kind of like oh. leaks, like he kind of spits out the blood and he leans backwards. That was the first moment where I was like, oh, that's why this is like in the mature category. I yeah. finally, I was like, okay. Now we're cooking. Now we got some real blood. I yeah. like that. We're cooking with that. I, I appreciated that touch. Yeah, let's get a little bloody. There's a reason why there's a lock on my Disney account because my niece and nephew can access my Disney account, so I have my own profile. And if I have to go through the trouble of typing in my pen every time I log on, mm-hmm. it better be worth it. So I appreciated the fact that we turned it up a little. 
We definitely need yes, a list, a running list of douchebag criminals or guys who thought they were smart enough to negotiate with criminals, like that dude in Die Hard. Like, we just need a list of these guys. Oh. Just, what is always Bobby? I am your <laughs> white knight. Yeah. Business is business. You use a gun, I use a fountain pen. <laughs> like, we need a list because Vicky joins the list of just guys who just had yeah. no fucking idea what they Jesus were stepping Christ, into. He's like, uh, So you got the money? I was like, Oh, you're dead. You're fucking dead. <laughs> like, you met him at the place you're holding here, you idiot. Right. <laughs> And then it's clear that you ain't know where she was. You ain't know where uh, where Maya was at. Right. And then you just looking crazy, like he ain't looking at his his lady. I love, and the other I girl. love like, how he died too, because he goes like, "Oh, I better go with her." And they're like, "Nah, uh, you stay here." And then, <laughs> and then as you he's gonna talk- fall for that, oh, I'm just gonna go with her. We'll, we'll yeah. be right back. <laughs> and then, like as he's talking, they just kind of give up. Like they don't. Like they were gonna kill him anyway, but they just had this moment where they're like, "I guess kill him now, right?" Like. Why are we dragging this out? <laughs> he tries to run and get shot in the back. So what a great death. Amazing. Oh, man. So what do we think about the scene that follows that when Maya comes in and whoops everybody's ass? How do we feel about that? She was cooking. The bit where she uses the guns from the game is one of those yeah. things. It's uh, one of my favorite things about the John Wick series, which is che- a cheesy thing to bring when you're talking about fighting, is ways that he uses things as weapons that you never expect. I think the crowning achievement of that is when he uses a horse as a weapon um, mm-hmm. in three. Oh my and God. I just had never considered using like time crisis pistols yes. as like a whip weapon. And I really have to give Maya Lopez uh, a lot of credit for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that the that the cord on the actual guns were so long, like way longer than they have to functionally be, yeah. functionally be. Like, who's standing like fifteen feet back from that <laughs> arcade game to play that game? No one. But I love the fact that it's long enough to where she could pull it out, beat the shit out of them. And I was like, yeah, I like that. That's smart. first, that, first that, of all. Can we talk about design? Can we talk about how insane this skating rink is? There's so much yeah. stuff in here that they has everything stuff. in there. They just had everything, <laughs> every arcade game. They had exercise equipment in the back. Like, I don't know what that. Like, did it used to be a gym? Like, what what happened? I I feel like I don't really know for sure, but I feel like in places like that where like there's no towns for a while, I think that these places can get like that. Honestly, yeah. Like, because I've been to places that were like bowling alley, laser tag type stuff in arcade. Yeah, so, like, I think. Like I, because I don't come from a small town, but I come from like a suburb, suburb, and there was definitely a place that had like mini golf, laser tag, and an indoor amusement park all in the same place. So like, it's That's not actually I'm that weird. I love that. I love that it that touch of it because one, it does feel. Oh, like so your take is just that it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, this one made it fun, right? It was visit. that she went over and was like, "Oh, yeah. here we go. Here's some. Uh, I forget the game where you roll the balls. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna hit you ski upside ball. the head, and yeah, I'm gonna hit kill you with some ski balls, like." What are ski balls doing in there? Don't matter, dog. This like, like go with the flow. Oh, here we go. We got the the guns from the arcade. Like, do you ever see somebody get killed with these? No, but I'd like to. Boom, we got that. Yeah. So like, I don't. I like that. I love the Rob Zombie music turned up to like. Yes. Over. I thought and, I was gonna have to bring that up. Yeah, because it's kind of like because uh, it's white people music. Um, uh, but it's kind of like yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Daredevil turning off all the lights. You know, where mm-hmm. like this yeah. is yeah, exactly all up, but not me. And so I did enjoy when they had the like scene where they were going through the laser tag or whatever and they couldn't see. I mean, they couldn't listen for her and she's just like whooping their ass, man. So and Jake, you, you hit the nail on the head. Fight choreography with her is so good. 
because she can it feels like she can fight a man and take a punch from a man and not do like you know jump off a wall flip on your head do a trip do a triple axle like no i'm gonna punch you in your fucking face and you're gonna die i love that and there are also like the longer takes really were great. And that's one thing that's something you can do if you have someone like a Lockwell Cox who clearly is I obviously I don't think she's doing obviously all the fighting. There's probably some stuff that they have a double for, but she's doing a lot of it. And like there's the whole bit where they have it from the side, which almost it just felt like an homage to the long one take in Old Boy. I mean, that's anytime Old I see boy, someone fighting yeah. in a long hallway, I just assume. Um and they just clearly her the whole time, you know? And that's I think that that is Almost every time I see something that has bad fight choreography, it's like, does it have bad fight choreography or is it just so clearly a stunt double on every shot? You know what I mean? And like here, they just can do so much by not having to cut away and by doing, and a lot of times they'll do like fake, they'll do fake oneers where like they'll clearly have, if you know what to look for, they'll have a cut, but it looks like there's not one. And these techniques that I think were on a lot in Daredevil are really effective here and just make the fighting feel much more visceral uh visceral like i said it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a dance it also doesn't feel like super choppy like a born fight it feels like a fight yeah yes yes and and tj i gotta ask you um did you feel like after seeing that fight scene that maya was a hashtag real beater uh, <laughs> uh, had the meat out. <laughs> she had the meat out man she was cooking she she was and, and, I, and I, I totally agree with you that the, she brings a certain uh, gravitas to the uh, fight scenes outside of the fact that she's talented because of her physical frame it just it looks different than when you're seeing you know sometimes we're seeing very tiny women like beating the shit out of men it's like yeah but the the it's just your brain, it's like an uncanny, uncanny valley thing that your brain does. It's like, wait, she's half his size, and then she punches him, and he flies backwards. Like, that doesn't make sense. Where she's she's got some heft to her in a way yeah. that it looks real. And getting kicked by somebody using a prosthetic leg sounds like it would be so fucking painful, and mm-hmm. it looks so painful when she's doing it. it, it, it those fight scenes are really cooking. And mm-hmm. going to the Rob Zombie thing, I just think the music across the board has been pretty good in, yeah. the, in the first three episodes. Yeah. I like the yeah. Dochi drop that they use in Fast X. That's the same drop they use in Fast X, which is the worst movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the fact the music has been pretty good consistently through the three episodes, and I appreciate that. Didn't they have yeah, I mean, the fact that the theme song is great. Did, yeah. Have- That's with the Casey and JoJo. Yeah. Which was the only decision that I thought was weird, because to play it during that scene, I was like, this is a skating rink song. It makes <laughs> sense. But also, like, it's playing over the scene where the grandmas is just like, <laughs> And they're talking about the fact that she doesn't want to like. And I was like, this scene, this feels so separate from the scene I'm yeah, watching. It's very out of place. Yeah. It's still a good place. song. It's, it's, also, it's also like yeah. too much of a jam because I started singing along with it. And I'm just like, wait, what happened? Let me, I gotta rewind. <laughs> a, a thing that I think we really can't overstate because I know I brought it up when you're doing covering Hawkeye. It is just truly insane that they found like a six-one native deaf woman with a below leg yeah. amputation <laughs> like yeah. how <laughs> like what? who's this good who's this good yeah. like i, I, I just don't know good. how that the, that's why you know seraphin you know is the real mvp of the mcu yeah. um i just shouts to her it's it's incredible like the fact that they don't have to like fake any of them that they're because yeah. i just it would just honestly be very annoying if like there was discourse of like well she is deaf and native but she doesn't actually have a knee amputation or she is yeah. native and does have a knee amputation but she's not deaf but the fact that she actually is representing those three identities mm-hmm. is like both makes the show like better and i think it also just means more it's like no like there are people like this it doesn't feel like you know 
this character the character feels more real to know that there's a real person who has those three identities yeah right, i think right. also I like that. the way she um the way she fights is its own language you know because you know your your body language and stuff she's not a like get punched and start smiling person you know she's there's no quips there's it doesn't even like she enjoys violence as much as she's like I have a goal to destroy y'all to get to my end point, and y'all are just in the way. Like, if they left, she'd leave. You know what I mean? Like, like if they were like, actually, we don't need to fight, she'd be like, cool, because I just came to blow up Kingpin shit, so y'all can live. So I, I like that about her. <laughs> yes, yes. And but, so, well, well, I just need to confirm something, because I was going to make a joke that Alakwa Cox, tall as hell, she should have hooped instead of acting. I did confirm she played basketball in college at the Wisconsin School for the Deaf. So she, <laughs> did, she did hoop. That Sorry I had to interrupt you. Yeah, salute to her. Salute to her. Yes. A um, couple things I wanted to get to before we get close to wrapping up. Um, so, Bonnie, w- there's a lot of talk about Bonnie at the beginning of the series. There's a lot of talk about Bonnie throughout. Like, why don't, why aren't you seeing Bonnie? What's the relationship between them? And I think Bonnie has some, yeah, some very justified uh, mm. anger. And this is where we get to what Teach was talking about at the outset with the talking ad and mm-hmm. not really getting, you know, enough of those two together because it seems like it's it was a fundamental, important relationship in, in Maya's life to start out. So I'm curious to see where that goes if they if they continue to add to that. But that little brief conversation that Bonnie has with her, where she's telling her, like, you know, why didn't you come? Like, I'm all, I'll always be here for you and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think it was interesting that like Maya's still trying to like brush her off. Teach, what did you think of that that whole uh, scenario there? I, I liked I, I kind of liked the way they set it up. Obviously, we knew that we were going to get a thing with her and Bonnie, given the fact that you know the, one of the first scenes in the first episode is how close they were as kids, and then they're kind of separated. And you know, uh, Echo goes out, Maya goes out of her way not to contact her when she gets back. So I like the way they kind of set it up to where they can have a part of that conversation, but you know that they have to have the resolution of that later in the show. So they get a part of it, but it's happening right in the middle of this thing at the skating rink so you can only get a part of it i thought that was just really smart in terms of writing and plotting out the trajectory of their relationship across the show uh and and it you know i i liked i liked the way that they set that up for sure knowing that they got to give us a piece of their reconciliation but not the whole thing you know in episode three i thought it was smart the way they did it yes and rod do you have anything to add about the whole bonnie um i'll say this as of right now i don't really like maya as a character like i like her watching you know like as a tv protagonist Mm -hmm. but like as a person she seems like a dick and like when when they <laughs> like when Bonnie's pouring her fucking heart out to her and she's just stone faced looking at her like yeah and she's like well I mean your dad died <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah. this like at what like you can't give me something off of that she's just like yeah well people die every day be um uh, and then like Did you hear about those guys in the warehouse in New York right and then she kicks Maya and punches Maya. As part of the distraction that clearly they had not planned and worked. She punched the shit on. out of Bonnie too. She punched I mean, her. I mean, yes, she punched the shit out of and kicked her with the leg. Like I, I was just like, Maya, you don't seem like a cool person at all right now. And I don't know how they're gonna fix this. If they're gonna have to kill Bonnie, or if like they're gonna really have some type of emotional breakthrough where Maya like cries and admits like yo i am messed up because something needs to happen she owed bonnie a damn apology and probably her grandmama too yeah i she <laughs> i think i actually appreciate is that she actually does act like someone who was raised 
in a criminal underworld. <laughs> like yes. she actually is like a kind of a shitty person. Like I know that they try to paint her dad as a nice guy and on some level he is, but he also, you know, took his daughter away from her home right. because he needed to keep doing crime. Um so like it, it is an interesting situation. And I, I agree that um you know you don't I really don't care for Mai as a person. I could have used a little bit more of some type of positive interaction more just to understand what there is to root for her about. Cause like, I don't expect this series to end with her being as jaded and angry. Cause she is a hero. Right. She's not like, she's not someone who is like, she's not like the punisher, you know, she right. has more hero in her than that. Um, but no, I, I felt like actually more of the humanizing happened with her and her grandfather um, in that mm-hmm. scene. But even then it was more, most of the humanization you get is the way that other characters see her. Like the yeah, way that yeah. Graham Greene plays talking to her. He, I, what I like about him, and I think Graham Greene is incredibly good at this, is he sees through the bullshit. He's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. You're a tough criminal, whatever, but you need me to fix your leg, you know. Right. Um, and so I like that, right. that really helped. So I, I, very good. Yeah. I hope in episodes four and five, we get more of, even if it's not so much Maya opening up, more of the what, Bonnie sees in her because I think so much when we so much of what we learn about characters and stories is seeing a character through another character's eyes and so I would like more of that well it's also mm-hmm. weird because yeah. her excuse for like her grandmama and her not getting along was like well she never texted me and I'm like Bonnie was texting your ass every day you just don't want to talk to the people from home like somebody <laughs> need to call want, you on yeah. your shit <laughs> Oh man! Hashtag wash agenda. When you get a little older, and you uh, you get a little stubborn, that's why you. you she's not. Listen. She's not old. That old. She's not old. You can't. You can't right. do this. You can't say that about. She's like twenty eight in the show. What are you doing? Let's just say that about grandma because grandma is. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Any, any appeal to reason, she is unmoved. fine. She's like, well, she fuck that. She is washed, yeah. but don't You're try to pull any mile. Oh. Shout out to, by the way, shout out to the grandma being a a, a mail carrier. So yeah. Oh, right. Yes, we didn't bring this up. Shout out to mail carrier. Yes. Mail oh, carrier and, um, representation. Also, Biscuit, $100 is not enough to fix that truck. Like, he, <laughs> no. pawned, his, he pawned his PS4 for $100. I was like, bro, that's not even the Fender. <laughs> why, why couldn't Maya just give him the money? Maya has been a criminal for some moment of time working for Kingpin. She ain't broke. Why couldn't she just give him the money for the truck? I didn't right. understand that. She yeah. gave him the cool. money to Maya buy all cousin. the stuff for the bomb. That's just, just terrible. <laughs> and why is this man still on PS4? Get it together, bro. Right. What are we doing? Step into the future. The Marvel yeah. Universe He's trying is to like, play GT. I, th- I was going to say, the Marvel Universe is in like 2025 already. He should be on like yeah. PS6. <laughs> he's, he's like the guy who's on Twitter like, is a GTA 6 going to be on PS4? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus okay so just to close out obviously uh ron had mentioned this earlier but uh seeing fisk show up uh to confront maya and the way that ends is classic setup for mm-hmm. what should be a very intriguing showdown uh for the next two episodes to close the series out um i'm fascinated to see where it goes um, Rod, do you have any final thoughts on on what we've seen so far? Mm. And um, after talking about it for about an hour and change, uh, do you feel any different? Uh, yo, I, like I said, I still enjoy the show. Um, I, you know, I is is dope to me. Um, I really enjoy getting to know Echo in this universe, seeing Kingpin again. Uh, the only two things I wanted to say that we did get to bring up: 
the kingpin phone call was as scary as if him showing up and whooping everybody's ass like the fact that this man yeah. made one phone call and everybody oh. was like fuck it let them all go guys we're going home and they clearly didn't <laughs> want to do that they were like she has killed so many yeah. people and they were like big man says what it is we got to go home and then uh the other line that we didn't bring up in like episode one is kingpin trying to relate to her with you know my father he died too i'm like you <laughs> killed him <laughs> Bro, that's not the same. It's <laughs> not the same at all. You killed him. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> when I was a boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's it for Jesus, me. Man. Oh, man. That was that was great. And how about you, Teach? Uh, through three episodes, how you feeling? I'm enjoying it. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm having the most fun with some of the plot points or some of the relationship stuff, but I think that'll get better as Maya starts to realize that she's pushing people away and kind of opens up to the people around her more. I think that'll make the show better. Uh, I'm enjoying the fight scenes. Uh, I love the Daredevil cameo, and I just love, love, love seeing Wilson Fisk on screen. So through three episodes, I don't feel like I've wasted my time. And that's kind of after Secret Invasion, which stole a bit of my soul, and Moon Knight, which stole a bit more of my soul. This is what I'm. I just want to watch something that I don't hate myself for watching. <laughs> and this is definitely, definitely it. There's enough here that I like to where I'm enjoying myself. So I'll, I'll give it a thumbs up for now, hoping that we're going to get even better in the next final two episodes. I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. Listen, man, Secret Invasion did a lot of damage to folks, including this show. Yeah. So, but I'll say this: we met Rod. I think this is when we first had you on, and where you just became like the resident. I think you were yeah, on the Rod, last Rod four episodes. <laughs> I yeah, just yeah. came to the house and never left. That was a lot. That was a lot every week. Now, I, I, my, my final thoughts is actually a question for Rod. Now, we obviously all love Vincent D'Onofrio, or as right. Dalbin would say, uh, D'Onofrio. Um, right. But, Rod, I have a question. What would it be like if Terrence Howard were to play Kingpin? <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I killed my daddy, too. I killed my <laughs> My daddy died, too, man. He was murdered. <laughs> Something like that. Thank you. <laughs> it's never not funny. It's never not funny. Oh, <sighs> uh, yes. Oh, Echo, three episodes. Three episodes here. We'll be back next oh, week. Oh, wait. I have one more question. Two. I'm sorry to derail. Yes. Do y'all think we're oh, gonna, yeah, sure. do y'all think we gonna see Bullseye? Cause y'all remember from the no. old Daredevil, he didn't die. He got his back replaced with some like, I don't know, artificial intelligence or some shit. And you know if that if the Marvel shows are canon, and you know I'm just because I'm knowing I know they're not gonna let Maya kill Kingpin, so that's that's off the board. So like maybe yeah. she gets a showdown with like he's gonna a be in the new Daredevil show, so he they, they she definitely okay kill. okay yeah. I think it'll be hard like- because <laughs> I think that Daredevil season three I feel like just is kind of not in the public consciousness anymore. Like honestly, I don't think about it except for the one thing I once said on a pod about it, and so like. <laughs> I um. What was that? What was that, Jake? Uh, that before they revealed that the one nun was his mother, I thought that her and Charlie Cox had really good chemistry. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! And the thing is, I will say this: more than one person has reached out to me in private and said that they agree with me. Oh, um, yeah. but anyway, no. But so I, I feel like they might like tease it, but I think that it would kind of be like out of left field because, like, I'm not thinking about Bullseye right now. You know, right. Yes, I I think the one thing that I feel like they're going to focus on is uh, Fisk's eventual rise back to power. I Mm -hmm. think that going into the Daredevil show, it's been heavily implied that Kingpin is going to run for mayor 
and uh, we will get something in the comic book uh, league of uh, Devil's Reign, where mm. Kingpin becomes mayor and then puts out a bunch of vigilante laws, mm. and which puts um, Daredevil and Spider-Man in particular in his mm. crosshairs. So okay. we'll see what happens if they decide to go that way. But there's a there's a couple more episodes to go with Echo. But I think this at least this focus will be on. Maya resolving whatever she has with Fisk right. and then moving on to whatever Fisk is going to do next. Okay. Which again, <clears throat> I love the idea of, uh, I think some, I think it was a uh, Brad Winterbaum who said Fisk is the street level Thanos. Mm-hmm. So like, this is the, this, this guy needs to be the center of everything that's going on in the street level stuff in the MCU. So as long as they're able to do that, I think that they'll be pretty successful. So okay. I'm excited to see where that goes. And I'm also excited to see how Maya's story closes out in these next two episodes. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I want to thank our, our guests, both uh, Tej and uh, Rod, for joining us. Uh, Rod, where can we follow you? Where can we find your work? Uh, yo, just follow me, Rodimus Prime, on Twitter. And just uh, listen to the podcast, The Black Guy Who Tips. Uh, comedy podcast I do with my wife talk pop culture politics whatever comes to mind that day so uh thanks for having me as always y'all yes a lot a lot of love rod as always and uh first timer teach a uh, pleasure to have you on i appreciate your insight you were great um where where can we find you well we know where we can find you but tell the people <laughs> tell them all, tell the new listeners thank y'all for having me uh i'm uh extremely nerdy about the mcu and i just love talking about it so i definitely appreciate the invite uh i'm on twitter uh less underscore humble teach uh contrary to what we said in the intro i actually tweet very wholesomely and have never involved in any shenanigans so you know you can follow me if you like that kind of content very Mm -hmm. wholesome uh very clean content i'm into that i'm Mm -hmm. also a podcaster i'm on two podcasts one's about college football it's called slander you and the other one's about movies it's called the one take pod so check me out. You can find all that on my Twitter account. And uh, again, thank y'all for having me. Thank you to to, to y'all for having me. Of course. Uh, well, we'll definitely have you back again in the future. And he definitely did not feud with Jamaica over Usain Bolt. That did not happen. That was not a thing. <laughs> that was not a thing that happened at all. And he's currently not feuding with LSU fans. He's not doing that either. No. No. And he had he's a not... very wholesome reaction to the Jonathan Majors interview. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Coretta Scott King is she's the she's the realest thing to a saint. According, I have to no comment on any of these things. Oh man, love you, Tej. This is yes. a this is an Thanks honor and a pleasure. On, sir. <laughs> yes, yes, and uh, Jay Christie, where can we find you, my friend? You can follow me at the Jay Christie. Uh, listen to my other podcast about the USA Network original series Psych called Love at First Psych. Uh, yeah, we just we actually just finished up season four, so I'm excited about that. Catch him, awesome. catch him with his me family two- wearing shorts in the winter. You're damn right. I'm from Florida, baby. I'm a Florida boy. <laughs> I retweeted that. And like, I guess my timeline doesn't know we're friends because they were trying to slander you and your family. I was like, what are y'all doing? Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw that. And I'm like, Rod's. But my thought was Rod's timeline doesn't know we're friends. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, geez, I'm just, the, I'm just the random white guy that he decided to pick on. But no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's was the like 75 degrees. Yeah. I know. I don't know. We were, by, we were by a lake. <laughs> So good. Just, just, 
Just tremendous stuff, man. You can follow me on Twitter at AnthonyCanton underscore three. Follow the show at MC University Pod on all platforms. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Keep getting those numbers up. Appreciate everybody for supporting there. Uh, Patreon.com slash MC University Pod where you can get our bonus content. We have a subscriber mailbag later this month. We are finishing our Fast and the Furious coverage, Fast X. Jake and I will be uh, doing that movie that TJ does not like so much. Yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> yuck, yuck, yuck. You got it. We, have to, we, we did the first uh, 10, so got to finish it up. Got to finish it up. And, uh, yeah, so look forward to that. And, and of course, if you are a Avenger-level subscriber to the Patreon, you have an opportunity to appear with us on a subscriber mailbag. And, of course, $3 gets you into the Discord. Appreciate everybody for listening and supporting the show. For Teej, for Rod and Jake, I'm Anthony Canton III. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you next time.